Good morning. If you got your Bibles, and I hope you do, turn with me to, to Psalms 103. Psalms 103. We're going to be looking at the first five verses of Psalms 103 this morning. And you know by simply looking at the backdrop and where we are, we are recording this service um, ahead of time. And, and the reason we're doing that is today is our six-year anniversary. And so for us, today is just a day of praise and thanksgiving and, and worship, being grateful for Lord allowing us to be here in Kings Mountain as a church for six years. And so we wanted you to be able to, to worship and, and celebrate along with us without distractions. So that's why we're, we're here this morning. And so uh, we want you to be thankful and grateful. So let us line our hearts with God's word. This morning, Psalms 103, I'm just going to be looking at the first five verses this morning. Psalms 103, this is a Psalm of David. Verse 1, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all our iniquity, who heals all our diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Let's pray together. Uh, Lord, as we have gathered here today on this, our anniversary Sunday, uh, we give you praise for bringing our lives together. Uh, those, Lord, that are watching with us online and those that are worshiping with us in person and and however our paths have crossed today, you ordained that, and so we give you thanks for it. We thank you for the grace of perseverance in your church for this these six years. And so, Lord, may we pause this morning and give thanks for you, for you are good, and you always do good, and you have proven that over and over in our lives. And so, Lord, may we give you thanks and glory today as we orient ourselves towards thanksgiving this Lord's Day, in Jesus' name. Amen. And so if you follow along with us, we've been work, work, working through the Gospel of John, and we ended last week with John chapter 7. In John 7, there was a, a Jewish celebration that was going on called the Feast of Booths. And the Feast of Booths was a time where all Jewish people uh, was required to pilgrim to Jerusalem. And if you were in Jerusalem and you had a house, you would actually go on top of your house. Their roofs were flat then. And you would make this little makeshift booth, this little shelter, a, a tent for lack of a better words. And the purpose for that was very important in the life of God's people. They were to remember, to remember that the fathers in the wilderness had nothing but the Lord and that the Lord was enough and so this feast happened at harvest time. And so they were to remember that the Lord had cared for them in the past, that he was caring for them in the present, and one day their Messiah would come and that he would be the blessing for the people. That was what the Feast of Booths were about. And so this is our anniversary. We have Paul's and we have came, we have, we have moved ourselves out of our building into the parking lot and we have set up tents. And to pause and to remember that the Lord, what the Lord has done in the past, what he is doing now, and what he will do. One commentator, commentator put it this way. The opposite of praise is forgetfulness. 
The opposite of praise is forgetfulness. And so as we mark our sixth anniversary, it was important for us to pause everything and to remember the great things the Lord has done. That's what's going on here in this psalm. Uh, we're not going to look at the whole psalm today, but basically what happens here is they are blessing the Lord. Personally, David is blessing the Lord for what the grace, the benefits that was bestowed on him. And then he's going to call the covenant people, the congregation, that to, to remember and to bless the Lord for his blessings of them. And then he's going to call all creation. How about us? So I've got a little timeline here um, that I just put together this week. And I wanted to just point it out to you. And if you're new with us, um, maybe this is interesting to you and maybe it's not. It's important for us to remember. You say your life is, could be set on a timeline as well. What has God done in your life? Sometimes we just need to pause everything and remember sort of the timeline of your life. Look at the last five years, the last ten years, and remember the great things that the Lord has done. That's what we're doing today. And so we're, we planted this church from a church named Parkwood Baptist Church in Gastonia. And so in 2013, we planted a growth group, a small group in Kings Mountain in the spring of 2013. And the purpose of that was very simple. It was to start this group. And if we did the Great Commission, if we made disciples and it multiplied three times, we would begin to worship together. And, and by God's grace, in June of 2014, the growth group had multiplied three times. And so we began to look for a place to worship together. By God's providential hand, there was a member of Parkwood that was a member of the board at the Joy. And we were able to secure the Joy to worship every Sunday as well as another building right close to it for our office space and for our kids space. I won't go into our first team, but our first team was far from men who had planted churches all their lives. It was just a ragtag group of guys who said yes, who was willing to, to stop everything that they were doing and to join this group for the intentions of seeing a church planted. And by God's grace, that's exactly what happened. In July of 2014, we began to soft launch the church with preview services. And within the first or second week, we actually had a water main break in front of the joy and almost flooded us out. We were able to, to stay the water off. We had worship that day just as planned. And in October 2014, Parkwood Kings Mountain launched then as we worshiped, uh, we began to need a space, a space. You see, our, our men were getting up every Sunday at, uh, early and setting up the church at 630, and we would all take the church down. We would pull them in and out of a trailer. And so we began to pray for God to provide us a place. And in September 2016, God provided the space for us that we, that we are in now. And he did this in a in just all kind of amazing ways, and, and I won't get into the details here, but how it ended up working out, brothers and sisters, is we ended up getting this space that is four times the size of what we had for less money with absolutely zero debt. God took care of his people. And in January 2017, we had the space uh, upfit, ready for worship, we began to worship. And in October 
2018, Parkwood Kings Mountain, when Autonomous and Battleground Community Church began. And of August this year, we secured an architect to, to upfit our worship center so that we may worship all collectively together in one place. And we're excited for that. That's just a little bit of the church's timeline and your timeline of your life has been woven together with us. And so here's what we could summarize all of this. Here's our heart today as Battleground Community Church. The Lord's people offer blessings to God for, the, for his goodness and steadfast love. The Lord's people offer blessings to God for his goodness and his steadfast love. In other words, Psalms 103 is our heart today. It's not a psalm of exposition. It's a psalm of devotion, a psalm of praise and thanksgiving. And so quite simply today, I want us to offer four gospel blessings to the Lord for his steadfast love. So look with me now at the text. Uh, look at verse 1. Notice that David is talking to himself here in these first five verses. David is calling his own soul to be thankful. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. This began, thankfulness and gratefulness begins with you. It begins with your whole person individually before the Lord. Notice that he's blessing the Lord's holy name, not his own. He's blessing Yahweh. He's being thankful to Yahweh, the one who had delivered them from Egypt. That's the God that, they, that he is serving, the God that had taken care of him in one battle off of another, the God that had ordained him king. He's blessing his holy name. And notice verse 2, what he's doing. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. So he's, David's telling his own soul to remember the Lord's grace in his life. That's the benefits. The benefits are grace. It is always steadfast love, but God's steadfast love looks like something. In other words, when we praise him, we should praise him specifically. We shouldn't offer general praises to God, but we should individually offer specific praises. How has he taken care of you over your last five or ten years specifically? How about your fathers and your parents and their, your great-grandparents before you? And so for gospel blessings, the first one is the foremost one. We bless the Lord for his forgiveness. We bless the Lord for his forgiveness. Verse 3, the first line says this. Who forgives all our iniquity. He actually says, who forgives your iniquity. Remember, your, he's talking to himself. So this is individual to start with. Forgiveness in God works itself out in David's life and our life the same way. God forgives in two ways. As a God who forgives his enemies. You see, to start with, sin created a barrier between humanity and God. And something had to be done. But God provided a way for us to be forgiven if we would repent. Just listen to a couple of passages. I think you know them well. Psalms 51 verse 17 says, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. In Isaiah 53, we see that sacrifice has to be made for forgiveness to happen. And we know this came through Christ. Isaiah 53, verse 5, you remember it? It was Christ who was pierced for our transgressions. It was Christ who was crushed for our iniquities. It was Christ that on, hit the chastisement that belonged to us, was placed on him and brought us peace. And with Christ's wounds, we are healed. 
And so today we bless the Lord for his forgiveness. Psalms 32 verse 1 says, Blessed is the one whose transgressions is forgiven, whose sin is covered. But that's not the only way God forgives us. He also forgives us as a parent forgives his child. You know, 1 John 1, 9, we pray this as we prepare ourselves to come to the table every week. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you got Psalms 103 there, look down at verse 10 to 12. We bless the Lord for his forgiveness because look at verse 10. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. In other words, he forgives us as his children. To be a child of God is to never experience God's justice, is to experience his mercy and his grace. Look at verse 11. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. In other words, we bless the Lord today for his forgiveness because it brings continued mercy and sustaining grace. Look at verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. We bless the Lord today for his forgiveness, brothers and sisters, because he never brings our sin up to us again. He never brings it up to others. He never brings it up to you. He never brings it up to a friend to remind you of it. He removes your sin never to be brought up again. Spurgeon says it so well and why this is so important to bless the Lord first for his forgiveness. He says this, Till iniquity is forgiven, healing, redemption, and satisfaction are unknown blessings. So we must first be forgiven. And so we bless him first for his forgiveness. And then we bless him for his tender care. We see that at the end of verse 3. Who forgives all your iniquity and who heals all your diseases. He cares for us personally and corporately. And he cares for us. Look at verse 13 of Psalms 103. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion. He cares for us as a good father cares for his children. And so we see this, verse 3 goes together. He forgives and then he heals. The word heals means it has the sense of being restored. Whether that is physically or spiritually. Whether it is physical diseases or spiritual. Whether it is emotional or mental. Healing is an act of restoration. And so we praise Him today that He not only forgave us, but He has restored us to a relationship with ourself and has begun to deal with these issues in our life. You see, peels manage and even suppress problems. It's only the Lord that can cure, heal, and restore. Remember corporately, the Lord had taken care of His people. He had provided bread in the wilderness and water and quail. He had led them, protected them, and disciplined them as a father takes care of his children. We bless the Lord for His forgiveness and for His care. And third, we bless the Lord for His redemption in Christ. Look at verse 4. David, still speaking to himself, said, Who redeems your life from the pit? And who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. Now look at a couple of words if you remember from our study of Psalms. Look for the key words of what the Lord is doing. He redeems in the first line. And then notice he crowns. He redeems and he crowns. Do you see where he redeems us from? The pit. There are two groups of people that are in pits. Dead people 
and prisoners. If you remember Joseph in his life, he was thrown by his brothers into a pit. The picture here could even be a picture of the underworld. It is, it is at, at minimum the picture of a desperate situation that David had been pulled out of by the Lord and the Lord alone. You see, at the end of the day, God's people were reminded to remember that their pit was the redemption from Egypt. The redemption from slavery. What is your pit that you have been redeemed of? What should we remember? What should we stop and remember? What was the pit I was pulled out of by the Lord and Him alone? It was the slavery of sin, brothers and sisters. What Romans 6 tells us about. Let me just read a couple of verses. Romans 6 verse 18 says that we have been set free from sin and have become slaves of righteousness. Verse 22 says, But now you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God. The fruit you get leads to sanctification and is in eternal life. You see, this is important in the Psalms. That he not only redeems us, but he also crowns us. In other words, the picture is not of the Lord pulling you out of a pit and then leaving you on the side of the pit naked and broken and hungry and thirsty, but of one who not only redeemed us from the pit, but who crowns us. Notice what he crowns us with. He crowns us with steadfast love and mercy. To be crowned in this context was to be treated with great honor, to be given status. And the psalmist says this happens through his faithful love and compassion. God's steadfast love was the crown and glory of David's life, not being the king. So how could we see this this morning? How could we bless the Lord for, for him not only redeeming us, but crowning us? Well, turn with me to Galatians 4, and I think you'll see that. Galatians 4, verse 4, probably one of the clearest understandings of what it means to be a Christian, to be crowned with his glory. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son... Born of a woman, born under the law, verse 5, to redeem those who are under the law. Why? So that we might receive adoption as sons. You see, we're just not forgiven. We're just not restored. We have been given the crown of sonship. We are the children of God. And brothers and sisters, that's what we're stopping for even in the midst of a pandemic and say, great is the Lord for great things he has done. He has made us children. The Lord forgives. The Lord restores. The Lord redeems. The Lord crowns. And listen, fourthly, the Lord satisfies. We bless the Lord because he satisfies. That's what David's reminding himself. Verse 5. Who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. So notice our two words here. First line, he's satisfied. Second line, he renews. He satisfies and he renews. The Lord not only give David satisfaction in life despite his situations and the storms and the trials, he give him strength for life. That's important. Satisfaction in life and strength for life, both that's what he is pausing to remember when he looks back at his life. This is what God has done. This picture of, of an eagle is the, is, the, is the picture of strength and power and youthful vigor. It should remind us of Isaiah 40. Let me read it for you. Isaiah 40 verse 30 says this, Even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. 
But they who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up wings with, like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And so David is simply pausing here, calling himself and then the people of God to remember that only the Lord satisfies. Only he can give us the strength for the journey that's ahead of us. And he has promised to do that because of his covenant love for his people. So, quite simply today, we give thanks today because the Lord Jesus Christ forgives and restores. We give thanks today because the Lord redeems and crowns. And we give thanks today because He satisfies and renews. So what today? So what today? Well, brothers and sisters, quite simply, I want you to just pause and remember that your story is part of the story. Your story in your individual life is part of the grand story of redemption that began in the garden and ends back in the presence of God. Our lives are part of that story. Your individual life, our collective life as a church for the last six years is part of the story of the redemption, the unfolding plan as God gathers those children whom He loves. Our story it's part of the story. Do you see yourself in the story this morning? There's no passive people. There's no passive Christians in the story who are not a part of this unfolding plan of redemption. All of us are called to a place. Here's what I look at when I remember the last six years. God has used people in our body. He has used people who are not even members of our church. He's used people that's not even believers to bless His church, to build us, to sustain us. How is He using you today? You see, your story lives out, not simply as an individual. Your story lives out with a group of forgiven, redeemed, restored people who are part of this story together, and He calls those people the church. We are all still seeing the unfolding plan taking place, and we are to this morning... With our grateful souls, remember what the Lord has done in our life and then remember the work of ministry that he has given us to do. Brothers and sisters, your life and mine is like a loaf of bread. It has a shelf life. And we have one life that has been given us. And today we stop and remember that life that he has given us, that he has given us by his grace. And he has given us to bring him glory by doing the work of ministry that he has specifically called and gifted you to do. Where is your place in that story? And so this morning we have simply paused our body of Christ and we have went outside and we have set up our own little tents to remember where we came from and to give him thanks of where he has brought us and to encourage each other in faith of what he has promised us for the future. And this morning, brothers and sisters, let us all do the same. And then let's rise to our feet, whether you're in your homes today or with us. Let, us. let us rise to our feet and let us praise the Lord together. Let us call our souls collectively together to say, praise the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Let us bless his holy name and let us bless it together. Pray with me. Lord, now we have heard your word. We have remembered the works that you have done, not only with God's people in Scripture, but your people now. You have not come, Lord, and so your work is not done. 
And so, Lord, may we all finish the work that you've called us to do. We don't know much how much longer we're going to be here individually or collectively. Lord, we pray for you to come. But, Lord, there is work to be done. And so, Lord, we thank you for the work that is before us, for the grace you have given us, for the Holy Spirit power that you have promised us. And now, Lord, we stand to our feet and we praise your name as we go out into the world who desperately needs to experience this forgiveness, this renewing, this restoring, this satisfying grace that you have given us through the Lord Jesus Christ and the ones that you have given us through your blood-bought church. And we thank you for all of it this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.